Section 29 of Incidents of Travel in Central America, Chiapas and Yucatan, Volume 2, by John Lloyd Steffens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sue Anderson. But there was one thing which seemed in strange want of conformity with all the rest. It was the first object that arrested my attention in the house of the dwarf, and which I had marked in every other building. I have mentioned that at Ocosingo we saw a wooden beam, and at Palenque the fragment of a wooden pole. At this place all the lintels had been of wood, and throughout the ruins most of them were still in their places over the doors. These lintels were heavy beams, eight or nine feet long, eighteen or twenty inches wide, and twelve or fourteen thick. The wood, like that at Ocosingo, was very hard, and rang under the blow of the machete. As our guide told us, it was of a species not found in the neighborhood, but came from the distant forests near the lake of Peten. Why wood was used in the construction of buildings, otherwise of solid stone, seemed unaccountable. But if our guide was correct, in regard to the place of its growth, each beam must have been carried on the shoulders of eight Indians with the necessary relief carriers, a distance of three hundred miles. Consequently, it was rare, costly, and curious, and for that reason may have been considered ornamental. The position of these lintels was most trying, as they were obliged to support a solid mass of stone wall fourteen or sixteen feet high and three or four in thickness once perhaps they were strong as stone but they showed that they were not as durable and contained within them the seeds of destruction most it is true were in their places sound and harder than lignum vitae but others were perforated by wormholes some were cracked in the middle and the walls settling upon them were fast overcoming their remaining strength and others had fallen down altogether in fact except in the house of the nuns the greatest destruction was from the decay and breaking of these wooden beams if the lintels had been of stone the principal buildings of this desolate city would at this day be almost entire or if the edifices had been still occupied under a master's eye a decaying beam would have been replaced and the buildings saved from ruin in the moment of greatness and power the builders never contemplated that the time would come when their city would be a desolation the casa del gobernador stands with its front to the east in the center and opposite the range of steps leading up the terrace are three principal doorways the middle one is eight feet six inches wide and eight feet ten inches high the others are of the same height but two feet less in width the center door opens into an apartment sixty feet long and twenty-seven feet deep which is divided into two corridors by a wall three and a half feet thick with a door of communication between of the same size with the door of entrance 
the plan is the same as that of the corridor in front of the palace at palenque except that here the corridor does not run the whole length of the building and the back corridor has no door of egress the floors are of smooth square stone the walls of square blocks nicely laid and smoothly polished the ceiling forms a triangular arch without the keystone as at palenque but instead of the rough stones overlapping or being covered with stucco the layers of stone are beveled as they rise and present an even and polished surface throughout the laying and polishing of the stones are as perfect as under the rules of the best modern masonry in this apartment we determined to take up our abode once more in the palace of an unknown king under a roof tight as when sheltering the heads of its former occupants different from ruins in the old world where every fragment is exaggerated by some prating cicerone in general in this country the reality exceeded our expectations when we left captain fensley's brig we did not expect to find occupation for more than two or three days but a vast field of interesting labor was before us and we entered upon it with advantages of experience the protection and kind assistance of the proprietor and within the reach of comforts not procurable at any other place we were not buried in the forest as at palenque in front of our door rose the lofty house of the dwarf seeming almost to realize the indian legend and from every part of the terrace we looked over a field of ruins from the centre apartment the divisions on each wing corresponded exactly in size and finish the details of which appear in the plan and the same uniformity was preserved in the ornaments throughout the roof was tight the apartments were dry and to speak understandingly a few thousand dollars expended in repairs would have restored it and made it fit for the reoccupation of its royal owners in the apartment marked a the walls were coated with a very fine plaster of paris equal to the best seen on walls in this country the rest were all of smooth polished stone there were no paintings stucco ornaments sculptured tablets or other decorations whatever in the apartment marked b we found what we regarded as a most interesting object it was a beam of wood about ten feet long and very heavy which had fallen from its place over the doorway and for some purpose or other been hauled inside the chamber into a dark corner on the face was a line of characters carved or stamped almost obliterated but which we made out to be hieroglyphics and so far as we could understand them similar to those at copan and palenque several indians were around us with an idle curiosity watching all our movements and not wishing to call their attention to it we left it with an indian at the moment sitting upon it before we were out of the doorway we heard the ring of his machete from a blow which on rising he had struck at random and which chipped off a long shaving within a few inches of the characters it almost gave us a shivering fit and we did not dare tell him to spare it 
lest from ignorance jealousy or suspicion it should be the means of ensuring its destruction i immediately determined to secure this mystical beam compelled to leave in haste on my arrival at merida don simon kindly promised to send it to me together with a sculptured stone which formed one of the principal ornaments in all the buildings this latter is now in my possession but the former has never arrived in the multitude of regrets connected with our abrupt departure from these ruins i cannot help deploring the misfortune of not being assured of the safety of this beam by what feeble light the pages of american history are written there are at uxmal no idols as at copan not a single stuccoed figure or carved tablet as at palenque except this beam of hieroglyphics though searching earnestly we did not discover any one absolute point of resemblance and the wanton machete of an indian may destroy the only link that can connect them together the ornament above referred to is introduced in one of the compartments of the plan it is the face of a death's head with wings expanded and rows of teeth projecting in effect somewhat like the figure of a death's head on tombstones with us it is two feet wide across the wings and has a stone staple behind about two feet long by which it was fastened in the wall it had been removed by don simon entire with the intention of setting it up as an ornament on the front of his hacienda it was our purpose to present full drawings of the exterior of this building and in fact of all the others the plate opposite represents one division with its sculptured ornaments or what i have called mosaic as at copan mr catherwood was obliged to make several attempts before he could comprehend the subject so as to copy the characters the drawing was begun late in the afternoon was unfinished when we left to return to the hacienda and unfortunately mr c was never able to resume it it is presented in the state given by the last touches of the pencil on the spot wanting many of the minute characters with which the subject was charged and without any attempt to fill them in the reader will see how utterly insufficient any verbal description must be and he will be able to form from it some idea of the imposing exterior of the building the exterior of every building in uxmal was ornamented in the same elaborate manner the part represented in the engraving embraces about twenty feet of the casa del gobernador the whole exterior of this building presents a surface of seven hundred feet the casa de las monjas is two thousand feet and the extent of sculptured surface exhibited by the other buildings i am not able to give complete drawings of the whole would form one of the most magnificent series ever offered to the public and such it is yet our hope one day to be able to present the reader will be able to form some idea of the time skill and labor required for making them and more than this to conceive the immense time skill and labor 
required for carving such a surface of stone and the wealth power and cultivation of the people who could command such skill and labor for the mere decoration of their edifices probably all these ornaments have a symbolic meaning each stone is part of an allegory or fable hidden from us inscrutable under the light of the feeble torch we may burn before it but which if ever revealed will show that the history of the world yet remains to be written chapter twenty six exploration finished who built these ruined cities opinion of dupay these ruins bear no resemblance to the architecture of greece and rome nothing like them in europe do not resemble the known works of japan and china neither those of hindu no excavations found the pyramids of egypt in their original state do not resemble what are called the pyramids of america the temples of egypt not like those of america sculpture not the same as that of egypt probable antiquity of these ruins accounts of the spanish historians these cities probably built by the races inhabiting the country at the time of the spanish conquest these races not yet extinct i have now finished the exploration of ruins the reader is perhaps pleased that our labors were brought to an abrupt close my publishers certainly are but i assure him that i could have found it in my heart to be prolix beyond all bounds and that in mercy i have been very brief in fact i have let slip the best chance that author ever had to make his reader remember him i will make no mention of other ruins of which we heard at more remote places i have no doubt a year may be passed with great interest in yucatan the field of american antiquities is barely opened but for the present i have done and here i would be willing to part and leave the reader to wander alone and at will through the labyrinth of mystery which hangs over these ruined cities but it would be craven to do so without turning for a moment to the important question who were the people that built these cities since their discovery a dark cloud has been thrown over them in two particulars the first is in regard to the immense difficulty and danger labor and expense of visiting and exploring them it has been my object to clear away this cloud it will appear from these pages that the accounts have been exaggerated and as regards palenque and uxmal at least the only places which have been brought before the public at all there is neither difficulty in reaching nor danger in exploring them the second is in regard to the age of the buildings but here the cloud is darker and not so easily dispelled i will not recapitulate the many speculations that have already been presented the most irrational perhaps is that of captain dupay who gives to the ruins of palenque an antediluvian origin and unfortunately for him he gives his reason which is the accumulation of earth over the figures in the courtyard of the palace his visit was thirty years before ours and though he cleared away the earth 
the accumulation was again probably quite as great when we were there at all events by his own showing the figures were not entirely buried i have a distinct recollection of the condition of those monuments and have no scruple in saying that if entirely buried one irishman with the national weapon that has done such service on our canals would in three hours remove the whole of this antediluvian deposit i shall not follow the learned commentaries upon this suggestion of captain dupay except to remark that much learning and research have been expended upon insufficient or incorrect data or when a bias has been given by a statement of facts and putting ourselves in the same category with those who have furnished this data for the benefit of explorers and writers who may succeed us i shall narrow down this question to a ground even yet sufficiently broad that is a comparison of these remains with those of the architecture and sculpture of other ages and people i set out with the proposition that they are not cyclopean and do not resemble the works of greek or roman there is nothing in europe like them we must look then to asia and africa it has been supposed that at different periods of time vessels from japan and china have been thrown upon the western coast of america the civilization cultivation and science of those countries are known to date back from a very early antiquity of japan i believe some accounts and drawings have been published but they are not within my reach of china during the whole of her long history the interior has been so completely shut against strangers that we know nothing of her ancient architecture perhaps however that time is close at hand at present we know only that they have been a people not given to change and if their ancient architecture is the same with their modern it bears no resemblance whatever to these unknown ruins the monuments of india have been made familiar to us the remains of hindu architecture exhibit immense excavations in the rock either entirely artificial or made by enlarging natural caverns supported in front by large columns cut out of the rock with a dark and gloomy interior among all these american ruins there is not a single excavation the surface of country abounding in mountain sides seems to invite it but instead of being underground the striking features of these ruins is that the buildings stand on lofty artificial elevations and it can hardly be supposed that a people emigrating to a new country with that strong natural impulse to perpetuate and retain under their eyes memorials of home would have gone so directly counter to national and religious associations in sculpture too the hindus differ entirely their subjects are far more hideous being in general representations of human beings being distorted deformed and unnatural very often many-headed or with three or four arms or legs thrown out from the same body lastly we come to the egyptians 
the point of resemblance upon which the great stress has been laid is the pyramid the pyramidal form is one which suggests itself to human intelligence in every country as the simplest and surest mode of erecting a high structure upon a solid foundation it cannot be regarded as a ground for assigning a common origin to all people among whom structures of that character are found unless the similarity is preserved in its most striking features the pyramids of egypt are peculiar and uniform and were invariably erected for the same uses and purposes so far as those uses and purposes are known they are all square at the base with steps rising and diminishing until they come to a point the nearest approach to this is at copan but even at that place there is no entire pyramid standing alone and disconnected nor one with four sides complete but only two or at most three sides and intended to form part of other structures all the rest without a single exception were high elevations with sides so broken that we could not make out their form which perhaps were merely walled around and had ranges of steps in front and rear as at Ushmal, or terraces or raised platforms of earth at most of three or four ranges not of any precise form but never square and with small ranges of steps in the centre besides the pyramids of egypt are known to have interior chambers and whatever their other uses to have been intended and used as sepulchres these on the contrary are of solid earth and stone no interior chambers have ever been discovered and probably none exist and the most radical difference of all is the pyramids of egypt are complete in themselves the structures of this country were erected only to serve as the foundations of buildings there is no pyramid in egypt with a palace or temple upon it there is no pyramidal structure in this country without at least none from whose condition any judgment can be formed but there is one further consideration which must be conclusive the pyramids of egypt as i have considered them and as they stand now differ most materially from the original structures herodotus says that in his time the great pyramid was coated with stone so as to present a smooth surface on all sides from the base to the top the second pyramid of giza called the pyramid of cyphrenes in its present condition presents on the lower part ranges of steps with an accumulation of angular stones at the base which originally filled up the interstices between the steps but have fallen down in the upper part the intermediate layers are still in their places and the sides present a smooth surface to the top there is no doubt that originally every pyramid in egypt was built with its sides perfectly smooth the steps form no part of the plan it is in this state only that they ought to be considered and in this state any possible resemblance between them and what are called the pyramids of america ceases
next to the pyramids the oldest remains of egyptian architecture such as the temple of asambul in nubia like those of the hindus are excavations in the rock from which it has been supposed that the egyptians derived their style from that people in later times they commenced erecting temples above ground retaining the same features of gloomy grandeur and remarkable for their vastness and the massiveness of the stone used in their construction this does not seem to have been aimed at by the american builders among all these ruins we did not see a stone worthy of being laid on the walls of an egyptian temple the largest single blocks were the idols or obelisks as they have been called of copan and quirigua but in egypt stones large as these are raised to a height of twenty or thirty feet and laid in the walls while the obelisks which stand as ornaments at the doors towering a single stone to the height of ninety feet so overpower them by their grandeur that if imitations they are the feeblest ever attempted by aspiring men again columns are a distinguishing feature of egyptian architecture grand and massive and at this day towering above the sands startling the wandering traveller in that mysterious country there is not a temple on the nile without them and the reader will bear in mind that among the whole of these ruins not one column has been found if this architecture had been derived from the egyptian so striking and important a feature would never have been thrown aside the dromus proneus and adita all equally characteristic of egyptian temples are also here entirely wanting next as to sculpture the idea of resemblance in this particular has been so often and so confidently expressed and the drawings in these pages have so often given the same impression that i almost hesitate to declare the total want of similarity what the differences are i will not attempt to point out but that the reader may have the whole subject before him at once i have introduced a plate of egyptian sculpture taken from mr catherwood's portfolio the subject on the right is from the side of the great monument at thebes known as the vocal memnon and has never before been engraved the other is the top of the fallen obelisk at karnak and i think by comparison with the engravings before presented it will be found that there is no resemblance whatever if there be any at all striking it is only that the figures are in profile and this is equally true of all good sculpture in bas-relief there is then no resemblance in these remains to those of the egyptians and failing here we look elsewhere in vain they are different from the works of any other known people of a new order and entirely and absolutely anomalous they stand alone i invite to this subject the special attention of those familiar with the arts of other countries for unless i am wrong we have a conclusion far more interesting and wonderful than that of connecting the builders of these cities 
with the egyptians or any other people it is the spectacle of a people skilled in architecture sculpture and drawing and beyond doubt other more perishable arts and possessing the cultivation and refinement attendant upon these not derived from the old world but originating and growing up here without models or masters having a distinct separate independent existence like the plants and fruits of the soil indigenous i shall not attempt to inquire into the origin of this people from what country they came or when or how i shall confine myself to their works and to the ruins i am inclined to think that there are not sufficient grounds for the belief in the great antiquity that has been ascribed to these ruins that they are not the works of people who have passed away and whose history has become unknown but opposed as is my idea to all previous speculations that they were constructed by the races who occupied the country at the time of the invasion by the spaniards or of some not very distant progenitors and this opinion is founded first upon the appearance and condition of the remains themselves the climate and rank luxuriance of soil are most destructive to all perishable materials for six months every year exposed to the deluge of tropical rains and with trees growing through the doorways of buildings and on the tops it seems impossible that after a lapse of two or three thousand years a single edifice could now be standing the existence of wooden beams and at Ushmal in a perfect state of preservation confirms this opinion the durability of wood will depend upon its quality and exposure in egypt it is true wood has been discovered sound and perfect and certainly three thousand years old but even in that dry climate none has ever been found in a situation at all exposed it occurs only in coffins in the tombs and mummy pits of thebes and in wooden cramps connecting two stones together completely shut in and excluded from the air secondly my opinion is founded upon historical accounts herrera perhaps the most reliable of the spanish historians says of yucatan the whole country is divided into eighteen districts and in all of them were so many and such stately stone buildings that it was amazing and the greatest wonder is that having no use of any metal they were able to raise such structures which seemed to have been temples for their houses were always of timber and thatched in those edifices were carved the figures of naked men with earrings after the indian manner idols of all sorts lions pots or jars etc and again quote, after the parting of these lords for the space of twenty years there was such plenty through the country and the people multiplied so much that old men and the whole province looked like one town and then they applied themselves to build more temples which produced so great a number of them of the natives he says quote, they flattened their heads and foreheads 
their ears bored with rings in them their faces were generally good and not very brown but without beards for they scorched them when young that they might not grow their hair was long like women and in tresses with which they made a garland about the head and a little tail hung behind the prime men wore a roller eight fingers broad round about them instead of breeches and going several times round the waist so that one end of it hung before and the other behind with fine feather-work and had large square mantles knotted on their shoulders and sandals or buskins made of deer-skins the reader almost sees here in the flattened heads and costumes of the natives a picture of the sculptured and stuccoed figures at palenque which though a little beyond the present territorial borders of yucatan was perhaps once a part of that province end of section twenty nine